with the promises of God that has made manifest in your life. I need you to remember this particular word that you shall be overwhelmed. You shall be overwhelmed. I'm moving on quickly. We are, we are dwelling on, on Je Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. We're going to pray concerning certain um, things in the body of Christ. We're going to pray concerning certain things that you, you got to be connected to. You got to be connected to. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like you buy the phone and, and you didn't get a charger. It, it can never work that way. What what happens or what will happen if, if your you, your battle runs down? You have to recharge. So you need you need a connector. That is what that is the USB connector or what or, 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 or the charger that you use to charge your phone. That is the same way that you cannot do away with men of God. You have to stay connected to a particular man of God. Who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? This particular morning, I needed to join hands with me as we pray concerning certain things. In Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, the Bible says, He said, and I will give you pastors. This is the Lord speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I will give you pastors. He said, I will give you pastors. According to my heart, this is God speaking. He said, it doesn't matter your location. It doesn't matter the country that you are residing. He said, it doesn't matter whether you pay tithe or you don't pay tithe. Whether you understand the tithe doctrine or you don't understand the tithe doctrine. It doesn't matter whether you understand certain things in the body of Christ or you don't. It doesn't matter whether you are you have been in the body of Christ for too long or you have not. This is the word of the Lord. He said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. He said, according to my own heart. This is the word of the Lord. So no matter who you are connected to, you got to discern whether God gave that particular man of God to you according to his heart. It is not every minister that you like or you, you, you want to sit under his ministration. I'm going to enlighten you. The reason why some ministers you will never accept them until you die. Some ministers, when you hear them, you begin to laugh. Some ministers, when you hear them, you begin to make mockery of them. Some ministers, when you hear them, you want to hear, you just want to hear more. You just want to listen more. This is the word of the Lord according to Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. He said, I, the Lord, am going to give you pastors according to my heart. So pastors are given and members are members are received. Pastors are given, the members are received. So when God gives you a pastor, you got to receive him as a member. You got to receive him as a member. He said, I will give you, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you. So what is the purpose of a pastor? Is to feed you. Is I'm going to give you pastors according to my own heart. Who will feed you? If your pastor is not feeding you, then he is not actually fulfilling his responsibility on earth. In the body of Christ, you got to fulfill your responsibility as a pastor in the body of Christ. God, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with two things. He didn't mention three things, only two things with knowledge and with understanding. Is that with knowledge and with understanding? So the, the assignment of any man of God, no matter who you are, whether you occupy the office of an apostle, whether you occupy the office of as, as, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a teacher, as a pastor, or as a lay reader, or as a teacher, your assignment is to feed the people of God with knowledge and understanding. That is all. 
with knowledge and understanding. And knowledge and understanding comes in diversities. I'm going to enlighten you this particular month. That you not miss your blessing from a particular man of God. Sometimes you might not even know the man of God. Sometimes you might not even reside in the same country with the man of God. But the Lord has graciously given you that particular man of God according to his heart. And do not decline that. This particular Sunday, I pray in the name of Jesus, connecting this particular man to you, that you shall understand the assignment of the man of God in your life, that you shall not have pain and resentment concerning that particular man of God, that you shall not reject him because of what he's preaching, that you shall not reject him because he's not prophesying, that you shall not reject him because he's not doing evangelism, that you cannot reject him because he's not coming to visit you at your, at your various homes. The main and the major assignment of any every man of God is to give you knowledge and understanding. Is to preach knowledge and understanding to you. I proceed. I proceed. What is knowledge? What is knowledge? This is an opening prayer. What is knowledge? What is knowledge? Knowledge simply means facts, information, and skill acquired through experience or education. Is the knowledge? Knowledge. I take it again. Knowledge simply means. Info, facts, information, skills acquired through education or experience. So when men of God stand there to pray, or when men of God stand there to preach to you as a member of the body of Christ, it is two things that they are preaching from. It's either they are being educated concerning what they are preaching, or they have sat down and studied, according to the book, the book of Timothy, they have studied to show themselves approved, or they are preaching from the experiential knowledge they have. There are, two, there are two kinds of knowledge. We have experiential knowledge and, 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 and knowledge from books. Most of the time, those of, those, those, those of us who have been through a lot of things, when we are preaching, we preach much of the experiential knowledge and we give you scriptures to back whatever that we are preaching. As a man like me have experienced the presence of the Trinity. I have met with them. I have spoken to them. They have spoken back to me. I understand the way that they do their things. So when I preach, I preach from both angles, from the experiential knowledge and from book knowledge. This is the assignment of every man of God. This is the assignment of every man of God. This is the assignment of every man of God. So knowledge simply means facts, information and skill acquired through experience or education. And we are moving on to understanding. Because every man of God is supposed to feed you with knowledge and an understanding. Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. The second thing, or the second meaning, what is understanding? Understanding simply means the process of comprehending. It is the process of comprehending. Or the knowledge of a specific thing or practice. It is the knowledge of a, spe a specific thing or practice. So if you, have the, the, if you have the enablement to process things, or if you have the knowledge of a specific thing, then you have understanding. Then you have understanding. And one thing that I needed to understand is, understanding comes in a process. That's why the definition says that it is, it is the process of comprehending. What stands to reason that it's from stages to stages. From stage 1 to stage 2. From stage 2 to stage 3. From stage 3 to stage 4. That is the same way that spiritual maturity connotes to it. Madila gaduri Father, we pray in the name of Jesus according to Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. 
that this particular man will declare over the, the, the prophetic insight of your people that they will understand the assignment of the man of God, that they shall receive whatever that the man of God is preaching, either from the spirit or from the realm of the, the, realm of the natural, in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus that let the heavens be opened over this message. We pray in the name of Jesus that let angels come to town. We pray in the name of Jesus that let angels begin to teach your people. We pray in the name of Jesus that all spirit of the living God, we hijack this atmosphere. We hijack whoever that is watching this atmosphere. We pray that let the message be accepted in the name of Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 is what we are praying for. It's an opening prayer. Wherever you are, just pray with me. That God will make you understand the assignment of the man of God he has given you. Is that I, I will give you men of God according to my heart, not according to your heart. So you don't go in search of men of God. But men of God come in search of you. That is why in the days of old, men will go to certain places and evangelize. And they will gather people. They will gather people. They will gather members and establish a church. That was the pattern God gave to us. This was the pattern that God gave to us. He didn't give us the pattern of, 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 of just taking people's or, or, or church transfer whereby people will leave other churches to join other churches. No, no, no. That was not the pattern that God gave to us. I call it church transfer. You come from, what do you call it, um, another church to another church. From church A to church B. It is a church transfer. It is a church transfer. But I pray for whoever that is watching me that this particular month you understand the man of God that God sent you this particular man, that you shall not reject any man of God. You don't know the message that he has for you. Personally, you might not think, or you, you might not think that, that how important that particular message could be. You might not know. You might not know. It could be salvation message. You might not know. It could be prophetic. You might not know. It could be any kind of message from the from, from, from the from the out of the citizen book of, of the Bible. You might not know. So never reject any man of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall receive the garment of acceptance. That your mind will be tuned into the message that the man of God after you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Moving on to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1. We, we, the first one we dealt with men of God. Second one we are going to deal with members. You as a member. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says. It says keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they are, for they consider not, for they consider not that they do evil. What stands to reason that one, some of the purpose of um, these men of God, who, these members, when they come to church, is to just make a sacrifice and leave, make a sacrifice and leave. But your assignment also, or your purpose in the church, is to receive whatever that the man of God is telling you. It's to, it's to listen to the message that the man of God is, is preaching to you. But this particular man, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall also accept and understand your, your purpose in the body of Christ. You understand whatever that the Lord, the, the Lord has sent through the man of God for you. In the name of Jesus. Zeku talagadiatas kinahasis. Lei mata krehan dukro sive hataya gabasu tan debrehasu ataya. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we assign your people into your hands. 
we will pray through this particular week in the name above every other name that as they have crossed over to the other side let the blessing of the promise be released in the mighty name of Jesus as we are about to study about the promise as this particular month the month of May have been declared as the month of the promise we pray in the name of Jesus that before this particular month come to an end your people will manifest their promises your people will manifest their promises your people will manifest their promises your people will manifest your promises your people will manifest their promises in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We honor you for accepting our invite in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, my name is Reverend Ebenezer Saria Sumini, and I'm the lead pastor of Purple Fire Online Ministry. Today's sermon I've titled Manifesting the Promise. Manifesting the Promise. Manifesting the Promise. Manifesting the Promise. There are four things that comes in manifesting the promise. The first one is to perceive. The second one is to engage. The third one is to receive. And the last one is to advance. So perceive, engage, receive, and advance. Perceive, engage, receive, and advance. Pursue, engage, receive, and advance. That is what comes along with manifesting the promises of God. That is the title of today's sermon. A promise is a legally binding Take it again. A promise is a legally binding declaration that gives the people to whom it may a right to expect or to claim the performance or the forbearance of a specified act. Of a specified act. So a promise is a legally binding declaration. One thing that I need to understand as a, as a citizen of heaven is to expect and to claim the promises of God. You got to expect and claim. You got to expect and claim. There are there, there, there is a difference between expecting something and claiming something. You, sometimes you can expect, but if you don't press or if you don't put a demand in claiming it, you can never receive it. So that is the difference. The difference, the difference between um, uh, what expecting and and, 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 and and what they call it and, 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 and making a demand is, is the word demand. So you got to expect the promise. And claim the promise by making a demand. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the Daniel made a proclamation and he made a demand that this is the one of the intercessors. What stands to reason that Daniel was standing in the gap of prayer for the people of, 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 of Israel. So he made a demand that let the Lord move fast. Let the hand of the Lord move and, and release the blessings of, 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 of Egypt. The, sorry, the blessings of Israel to the people. And that was when they were released from their captivity. That was when the angel Gabriel came to town. That was when the angel Michael also came to town. I pray in the name of Jesus that after this particular sermon, you shall make a demand in the name of Jesus. You shall make a demand in the name of Jesus. You shall make a demand in the name of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible says, Is that for all the promises of God in him are ye? And in him are amen unto the glory of God by us. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are amen unto the promises of God, unto the glory of God by us. What stands to reason that when you when you make a demand in heaven, when you make a demand in heaven, the only thing that God can say is yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes on his side, and amen on, on our side. So when I make a demand on your side, when I make a demand on your side to, towards God, 
The only thing that God could, could, could say or could do is to say yea, that is yes. And I will say amen, that is to confirm whatever God, that God has, has released for you. But prophetical I declare in the name of Jesus that whoever that is seeking for a promotion, whoever that is seeking for job, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that it shall come into full manifestation. In the name of Jesus, I see a door being opened in Beijing. I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall have an opportunity to trade in Beijing in the name of Jesus. I see a, a particular lady who wants to enter into the marketing field. But prophetically, I declare in the name of Jesus that you shall have an opportunity to travel to Beijing. In the name of Jesus, you shall travel to Beijing and start a business. You start a business in the name of Jesus. Whoever that is weeping and weeping over God, weeping that there should be an open door. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that that, that open door has been granted unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. According to the dictionary meaning, of a promise, it says, it's a legal binding declaration. That means it is binded by law. Which stands to reason that God's promises are binded by law. As a student of the Bible, you must understand also, you must understand also that the Bible is made up of pages of scripture put together by holy men of God. And it is centered on six things. The Bible is centered on only six things, six, six major things. Let me put it that way. Six major things. Six major things. Six major things. And the first one is laws. The first one is laws. The second one is commandments. The second one is commandments. The third one is covenant. The third one is covenant. The fourth one is vows. The fourth one is vows. The fifth one is statutes. Statutes. And the sixth one is ordinances. Ordinances. So the Bible is centered on around these three things, laws, commandments, covenants, vows, statutes, and ordinances. Laws, commandments, covenants, vows, statutes, and ordinances. Further explanation, I'm going to explain what all these entails. I'm going to just give you um, um, uh, an enlightenment concerning this particular um, um, centered um, topics that the Bible entails. I'm going to take the first one, that is the law. That is the law. The law. The law. Is that a system of rules and laws are the systems of rules which a particular country or community one thing that I needed to understand is, is, is Christianity is a community it's a body Christianity is a community and it's a body I continue so the system of rules which a particular country or community recognizes as regulating the actions of its members and what it may enforce by the imposition of penalties so when it comes into the body of Christ in the days of the old, I'm, I'm not talking uh, under the, the grace dispensation, but I'm talking about the Old Testament. In the days of the old, there were penalties. In the days of the old, there were laws. In the days of the old, there was something that was binding them. That, that, that after they were being bounded by that particular thing, that is a law, God's hand was being moved swiftly to, de to defend them, swiftly to deliver them, swiftly to, to secure their destiny. That is how it did happen in the days of the old. A further scripture can be taken from Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 to confirm whatever that the law was in the book of the old. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, is that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou shalt mayest observe to do according to that, according to all that it is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt make thy and thou shalt have good success. What stands to reason that within the book of the law, there is a prosperity and there is success. There is a prosperity and there is success. That is why the Bible says that Joshua stood and said, This book of the law, this book of the law, when men begin to work with men, when there are laws, when God begins to work with man, also there are laws. There are laws that you have to work with God. God has his own laws. It's the same way, and out of the wisdom of or out of the wisdom of God, that is how men also generated laws governing the certain bodies like companies, governing certain bodies like countries, governing certain bodies in certain institutions. That is the same way that men got that inspiration and they got that idea and they got that wisdom to generate laws just to bind them, just to, to, to secure the destiny of certain things. That is what I, I needed to understand. The second thing is, or the second, um, um, what do you call it, thing that you got to understand that the Bible centered upon is commandment. I'm going to explain commandment. What is a commandment? Commandments are bits and pieces written from the book of law. Commandments are bits and pieces written from the book of law. Most people use these words interchangeably. That is laws and commandments. Laws and commandments. But I need you to understand it once and for all. That commandments are bits and pieces written from the book of law. They are written from the book of law. They are written from the book of law. Commandments are the subset of laws. That is how I need you to understand that commandments are the subset of laws. I'm going to give you a confirmation verse that is in Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. Exodus chapter 24, verses 12. Exodus chapter 24, verses 12. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, He said, Come up to me into the mount and there and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law first and a commandment which I have written that thou mayest teach them. So, a commandment is a subset of the law, which stands to reason that there are major bullets or major points that God wants humanity to stress upon, to draw upon that much. So, he just, he just picked up certain words and reformed it and made it a commandment out of the law. And he added to the law that this is what I need you, this particular group of people, that is the people of Israel, those who are coming from the loins of Abraham, those who are coming from the loins of Isaac, those who are coming from the loins of Jacob. This is what I need you to obey. This is what I need you to adhere to. These are your commandments. So he gave them the commandments. And he said, I need you to obey this particular commandment. This is how I'm going to work with you. If you, de- if, if you defy the rules pertaining to those particular co- commandments, you will be found in wanting. That is how God put it. So commandments are the subset of the law. Commandments are the subset of the law. And the third one that the Bible is centered upon is covenant. It's covenant. It's covenant. It is usually formal, solemn, and a binding agreement between two people. It is usually solemn and binding agreement between two people. It is usually formal and solemn and binding agreement between two people. I needed to understand, prefer, I needed to understand, I want, I want to use my personal life in ministry to explain something for you to understand. This is an experiential knowledge. An experiential knowledge. When, when, when I entered a covenant with the Lord, the Lord said to me, I'm entering into a covenant with you after the order of the Abrahamic, the Abrahamic, what they call it, sorry, the Davidic covenant. 
not the Abrahamic, the David after the order of the Davidic covenant. So I sat down and I began to read pertaining to the Davidic covenant. And I understand that God entered a covenant with David, and in that covenant he used the day and the light as an analogy to secure that particular covenant. Then he said the same thing to me that if the day and the night could break the covenant that they have, then the covenant I the Lord have with you, he has many has been broken. That is a covenant. That, that is a covenant the Lord entered with me. And the symbol of the covenant was the Ark of the Covenant. The, the Ark of the Law. The Ark of Covenant. Which he used to have with the, the people of Israel. So I saw that where I was dwelling, a group of angels came and they were holding the Ark of Covenant. And they placed that particular Ark of Covenant at where I, I normally stand to pray in my room. So they, 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 they centered the Ark of Covenant at a particular point. And when they centered that particular Ark of Covenant, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter any objection that you raise concerning me, no matter any prophetic direction that you do, that act of covenant will activate. That act of covenant will activate. That act of covenant will activate. It doesn't matter who you are. See, men are comes in sizes in the realm of the spirit. Men, they come in sizes in the realm of the spirit. I'm speaking on authority. Now men come in sizes in the realm of the spirit. Never look down upon any man of God. According to the appearance or according to their size, their, their physical size. Spiritually, men are certain men are huge. Certain men are huge. This is the covenant I entered with the law. And the symbol of that particular covenant was the Ark of Covenant. I had my own personal Ark of Covenant with my name inscribed upon that particular Ark of Covenant. And the Lord did certain things under my eyes that I, I got to understand that the Lord is very powerful. And I'll keep, I always keep serving the Lord. The Lord is very, God is very powerful. This is how I entered a, a covenant with the Lord. And anytime, anytime when something hits me back, He always says something. I see it in the atmosphere. I always see it written boldly in the atmosphere. I'm talking about the first heavens. I see you who always write, remember the covenant. It doesn't matter what I'll go through. That particular instance, when I lift up my head and I check in the atmosphere, I'll see that the Lord has written, remember the covenant. And I'll remember the covenant. And I remember that. So some of us, we speak according to the relationship we have with God. Not, not, some, not, not some zeal, no. We speak because we know God. We speak because we have sat with Him. We speak because we have seen them. I've not seen only the Holy Ghost. I've not seen God the Father only. I've not seen the Son only. But I've seen the three of them seated on their thrones and me speaking to them. And so I have a particular message for you. I have a particular message for you. And a man in my caliber that will see the Trinity. That is not common in my generation. It stands to reason that I've been through things. And I'm still going through things. I'm not speaking because it is a new anointing. No. I'm speaking because I've been through things. And I'm speaking because I've experienced diversities when it comes to the supernatural. I've experienced it. I have, I've experienced diversities. So when I see people sitting back and bragging with the prophetic, I laugh and I smile and I pass by. See, there is something that is beyond the prophetic that I see it coming. But I won't tell you. The Lord said to me, He said, There is something that is beyond the prophetic move. And he said, Son, I see it coming. And I need you to, I need you to be very, very active in the spiritual realm. That that thing is coming. 
He said there is a particular grace that I have released over the atmosphere that many are sick. They are seeking from the prophetic, but the prophetic move will never go. But there is something that is coming to be that will come higher than the prophetic. That is the supernatural. And that also comes with diversities. But I pray for whoever that is watching me. That is a man of God. That it is time to enter into a prayer room. You got to pray and receive that particular grace. If you are still dwelling on the ancient landmark, you got to approve yourself. You got to approve yourself. You got to approve yourself. So that is an explanation I can give you pertaining to covenant. Pertaining to covenant. In Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 22. Sorry, in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 20. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 20 to 21. Verses 20 to 21. The Bible says, that thus saith the Lord, if you can break my covenant of the day, and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night in their season, then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant, that he shall not have son, that he shall not have a son to reign upon his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, and my ministers. So that is how God entered the covenant with the gentleman David. It made David so powerful. You, you can never take David down. No, 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 no. When it comes to the field of battle and how David used swords, whenever you see a man of God holding a sword, you have to check him very well. You, don't, you just don't hold a sword and take a picture with him. You should know how to use swords. You should know how to use horses in the spirit. You should know how to ride chariots of fire in the realm of the spirit. The next one is vows. The next one is vows. That is for one. What is a vow? A vow is a solemn promise. A vow is a solemn promise. Or assertion specifically. Or assertion specifically. One by which a person is bound to act, service, or condition. So these are the three things that, that comes along with vows. It, it, it is three dimensions. The first one is to act. The second one is to, to render services. And the last one is it, it, it has conditions. So a vow is, is a solemn promise or assertion specifically. One by which a person is bounded to act first. Then the second one is service. And the, the, the last one is with a condition. With a condition. I'm going to use a scripture to explain this particular word or this particular title. Vows. Your vows to the Lord. Or your vows in the body of Christ. In Judges chapter 11 verse 30, the Bible says. In, in Judges chapter 11 verse 30 to 31, the Bible says. And Jephthah vowed a vow. Is it and Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt withhold with, with, without fail, Deliver the children of Ammon into my hands. Jephthah said, If thou, if thou shalt without fail, deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whosoever cometh forth out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. If you read that particular account on Jephthah, Jephthah went to war and he entered into a covenant with the Lord through the vow. He, he, he actually made a vow to the Lord, not a covenant. He made a vow to the Lord, not a covenant. And he said, Lord, this is what I needed to do for me. We are, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, it's a vow that I'm, I'm speaking to you. That if there is any way that you do this particular thing for me, deliver the people of Ammon to me. Let me slay them 
and let us have victory. That when I get back, whoever that goes through or proceed from my door, from my main gate, to see me or to welcome me, whoever that comes up, I will offer him or her to you as, a, as, 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 as what they call it, as a sacrifice unto you. And the Lord laughed. This particular vows, it is heavy and it worked. The Bible says that the moment that Jephthah entered into his, his terrain and his, his residence, the Bible says, that, and his only daughter came out of the door. His only daughter came out of the door. And the Bible says that, and Jephthah wept in his heart. And he said, he said, Ha, ah, my daughter, you have indeed worried me. Because I made a vow unto the Lord that whoever that comes out, I shall offer him or her as a burning sacrifice unto the Lord. So I got to sacrifice you unto the Lord. And the Bible says that his daughter understood that the vows, because he was an Israelite, he understood covenant, he understood commandments, and he understood law. So he, 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 there was a sure possibility that he understood vows. He understood vows. And the Bible says that that was how it ended. That was how it ended. So that is an explanation pertaining to vows. So whenever you stand to make a vow unto the Lord, you got to be careful. The Bible says that, and 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 and, and Sarah also, uh, what they call it, um, oh, Kadili Hapani Hafisi Ataya Gadabasayas, Zay Matula Vadil Kepando Kurusi, Lei Paragadian Kele Gebei Masudaga. I pray for whoever that is watching me in the mighty name of Jesus, whoever that is breeding the next generation. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will continue to impart you with wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. May the Lord continue to impart you with wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Whoever that is watching me, that you want to teach you, you, you want to train your kids in, in the body of Christ. You want to train your kids in covenants, in laws, in vows, in, 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 in commandments. I pray in the name of Jesus that let the Spirit of the Lord give you wisdom above your ears. In the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of the Lord impart you. In the name of Jesus, God, do love I'm moving on to the next one. That is statues. That is statues. That is statue. A statue is a rule or law. A statue is a rule or law which has been made by a government, which must, which have been made by a government or other organization, and formally written down. And formally written down. A scripture reference will be taken from Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 20. Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 20. The Bible says that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. And they shall be my people and that will be their God. And I will be their God. Which tells the reason that the, 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 those particular clan or those particular people wanted a God. And they want God and they say, God, we need it to be our God. And he said, this is my statue. If you can walk through that particular statue, if you can be, if you can, if you can adhere to the, sta the, the, the standard of that particular statue, then I will be your God and you will be my people. Now be your God and you will be my people. Child of God, I need to understand this once and for all. That statues always propagate serpents or shapes one lifestyle. Statues always propagate serpents or shapes one lifestyle. I'm moving on to the last one. That is ordinance or ordinances. Ordinance or ordinances. What is an ordinance? An authoritative decree or the direction. An authoritative decree or direction. An authoritative decree or direction. In Job chapter 38, verse 33, is a scripture reference to ordinance. Job chapter 38, verse 33, the Bible says, Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? What stands to reason that it is only in heaven that men can have authority? 
Because the definition of help of ordinance is, a, is an authoritative degree. So therefore I declare in the name of Jesus that in this particular month you shall manifest your promise. In the name of Jesus, I declare from the bounds of my spirit, I declare from the presence of the throne, I declare in the name of Jesus by, by divine authority that whatever that you need and you lack in this particular month, I see it coming. I see it coming. I see it at the back of a chariot coming in. In the name of Jesus. I see it coming in the name of Jesus. So an ordinance and an is an authoritative decree or direction. An ordinance is an authoritative decree or direction. An authoritative decree or direction. Then knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Can thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? And thou set the dominion thereof in the earth. So God is the only man or God is the only supernatural being that has the privilege to exercise his authority over men. To exercise his authority over men. So that is the meaning of ordinance. No matter what you do, no matter where you get in the, in, in the body of Christ, these six, the Bible is centered upon all these six. The Bible is centered upon all these six. I'm moving on to the next aspect of this particular person that is the fourth season before manifestation the fourth season before manifestation the fourth season before manifestation the first one is perceive the first one is perceive the first one is perceive to pursue means to pursue God for the manifestations of the promise that is the first point you got to pursue God for the manifestation of the promise to pursue simply means to follow persistently to follow persistently Monday you are seeking for God. Tuesday you are seeking for God. Wednesday you are seeking for God. Thursday you are seeking for God. Friday you are seeking for God. Saturday you are seeking for God. Sunday you are seeking for God. To, 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 to pursue God or to follow God persistently. January you are after God. February you are after God. December you are after God. You got to follow persistently. That is the mean. To pursue God for the manifestation of the promise. As the four seasons before manifestation, before you can manifest the promises of God. The first scripture can be taken from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, says that God is not slack. To his promise he doesn't hold back but if you want to manifest some promises you must pursue him you got to pursue him don't let him sleep you got to pursue him don't let him rest you got to pursue him pursue him until you see you receive whatever that you are looking for in the mighty name of jesus another scripture reference can be taken from psalm 63 verse 1 psalm 63 verse 1 the bible says he said oh god thou art my god early will i seek thee my soul tested for thee my flesh longed for thee in a dry and dusty land where no water is. This is the gentleman David who is praying and making a, a proclamation unto the Lord that early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee. He said, My soul tested for thee. My soul tested for thee. He said, My flesh longed for thee. Western series, it doesn't matter what I do to my flesh, it is still pitching. It's tend towards you. My flesh is still calling for you. My flesh longed for thee. 
That is a realm that the gentleman David actually got to. That is a realm that the gentleman, gentleman David actually got to. Is that for thee in a dry and tasty land? What stands to reason that sometimes you get to a particular atmosphere, certain places, that it looks like you don't feel God. It looks like you are not experiencing the presence of God. It looks like it looks like the atmosphere has been shut down. It looks like the heavens are closed. That is where the gentleman David actually got to. Child of God, life is a process, and perceiving God is the first season you got to experience as a citizen of heaven. That is the first season you got to experience as a citizen of heaven. Moving on to the second one, I'm dealing with the four seasons before manifestation. The four seasons before manifestation. The second one is to engage God for the authorization of the promise. To engage God for the authorization of the promise. To engage simply means to attract or keep someone's interest or attention. So if you have the power, the ability, the enablement to keep God's interest and or get his attention. That is what we call to engage him. To engage him. The scripture reference will be taken from Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. The Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his tithe. And the hollow of Jacob's tithe was out of joint as he wrestled with him. In the verses 26 the Bible says, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh and he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said, I Jacob, I will never let thee go except thou bless me. Yes, it is biblical to fight with angels. I have fought with three particular angels last year. Three particular angels, one particular prophet released his angels and they begin to mess the whole atmosphere for me. And I began to fight with them. I fought them. There was a particular angel that within the wings of the angel, there are guns. I mean gun. Gun. Raffle. Raffle. Raffle guns within his wings. I fought him with, with every virtue that I had. I fought him. And there was one particular angel that he blazes. He blazes. I fought him with every virtue that I had. And there's one prophetic angel that always keep the prophetic ministry that God has given to me. He, he, he just messes it up sometimes. And sometimes the Lord will say that this is not a season to prophesy. This is not a season to prophesy. And I fought him with everything that I have. Because he was coming. These particular three angels were coming from a particular um, um, jurisdiction. That they were, not, they were not in favor of my jurisdiction. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't want to delve into the angelic ministration. And sometimes what certain angels do that irritates certain people under certain offices like the apostle like the prophet like the evangelist and other I, I met with one particular angel I met with one particular angel who fought D.L. Moody D.L. Moody in his days and I met with one particular angel who fought with the, 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 the old men or, or the, those who were in their old age when they those under, 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 under the old anointing in their dispensation one particular angel he fought with them. That one particular man of God became, became a drunkard. I fought with that particular angel as well. So I've been through this angelic ministry for very long. And I know when an angel is messing you up. And I know when an angel is disciplining you. That is why there are certain angels that hurt you. They will beat you. They will lash you. These are angels that are connected to the law. When you add the laws of God, they will discipline you. Yes, I understand the angelic ministry very well. It will come to a time that I will write books pertaining to angels. 
But as of now, the Lord has not given me that authorization. Because it's, it is very deep. My encounter with these particular angels are very painful one and it's very deep. And it's very painful and it's very deep. And if you are not spiritually strong, you can go mad. You can go mad when you see these particular angels. But I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will give you that particular grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout out God. One thing that you got to understand is that not all promises of God are divinely automated to manifest. Not all promises of God are divinely automated to manifest. Sometimes you have to war with the prophetic before it will manifest. That is why the gentleman Paul said to Timothy, he said, war with the prophetic. War with the prophetic. He said, anything that we have imparted with imparted upon you can you got to war with it i pray in the name of jesus that you understand that illumination will be granted unto you that the light at the back of your eye will, 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 will be open will be switched on in the mighty name of jesus that is why you need to engage god in long conversation in order for him to authorize and, and to release such promises to manifest greatly in your life such promises to manifest greatly in your life jacob perceived and engage a God. Jacob pursue and engage a God man for the release of his blessing in his days. He wrestled with angels. Jacob did wrestle with angels. Jacob did wrestle with angels in the mighty name of Jesus. So that is a second season. You got to engage God. You got to engage God as the gentleman Jacob did. You got to engage God in the like after the order of Moses. You got to engage God like after the order of Jacob when the Lord said to Jacob. When the, after the order of Joshua, when the Lord said to Joshua that I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses, he engaged God. And God actually imparted him with confidence, with grace here, with the ability to stand against his enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus. I see you towing after that lane in the name of Jesus. And the third one is to receive the promise of God. To receive the promise of God. To receive the promise of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. I read. Is that whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by this ye might be partakers of the, the, the divine nature. Having escaped. Having escaped the corruption in the world through lust. Having escaped the corruption in the world through lust. So that is a scripture reference to confirm that God is releasing blessings. And you got to receive. You got to receive. You have to make yourself available to receive. You have to program yourself to receive. You have to rewire yourself to receive. You have to, I mean, get to certain atmospheric places or certain geographical places to receive. You got to receive. You got to receive. You got to receive. You got to receive. And I'm moving to the last one. That is prepare to advance and manifest the promises of God. That is the last season. You have, to, you have to advance. You have to advance. You have to advance yourself. After you have received the promise, what should you do? That is the fourth one. Prepare to advance and manifest the promise of God. To advance simply means to move forward in a purposeful way. In a purposeful way. To move forward. After you have received the promise, you don't sit down. After you have received the prophetic word, you don't sit down. After you have received the prayer from the man of God, you don't sit down. After you have received something from God, you don't sit down. But you move. You move purposefully. In a purposeful way. Which stands to reason that your movement is, is centered around a purpose. 
your movement is centered around a purpose. The reason why you are moving is because you have a purpose. And the reason why you are, you, you are living where you are is because for a particular purpose. So your movement must be centered around the purpose. Must be centered around the purpose. So prepare to advance. A scripture reference will be taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. The Bible says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He said, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You got to cleanse yourself to receive. That is why the Bible says that Joshua said to his people, he said, Sanctify yourself and prepare yourself. For the Lord is about to do great and mighty things. Which stands to reason that before God can pass by, before God can, can do great and mighty things, his people must sanctify themselves. That is why men of God comes, come, come, come with the idea of revival. They began to conduct revival service because God is about to pass by. Because God is about to move. Because God is about to change the atmosphere. Prophetically, I see that the COVID-19 season is about to pass away. The atmosphere is about to change. Things are going to be normal. Prophetically, I pray for whoever that has lost a lot of things. That things are about to be normal. Just sanctify yourself. Just set yourself apart. I see that day coming. Just put things in place. I see the atmosphere changing. Just make sure that you are, you are well positioned to receive from the Lord. Because the tables are about to turn around. In the mighty name of Jesus. Three major things that you need to do to advance. Three major things that you need to advance is according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. The first one is to cleanse yourself from all filthiness. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness. That is according to a scripture reference will be taken from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Is that thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Is that because you, that you are watching me, is that because you have loved righteousness, you chose to live a righteous life, you chose to live a holy life, you chose to avert iniquities. Is that I, God, have anointed you with the oil of gladness. That is why when people see you, they don't see that you are going through pain. When people see you, they don't see you as you are broke. When people see you, they don't see you that you are impoverished. When people see you, they don't see you that you are, you are lacking or wanting something. Because God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Is it because you have set yourself apart? Is it because you have opened yourself up that I, the Lord, should be with you? And that you will live a holy and a righteous life and avert iniquities and sin. Uh, because you have done that, I, the Lord, have anointed you with the oil of gladness above all your peers. What stands to reason that in that particular generation, you are leading them. In that particular vicinity, you are leading them. In that particular church, you are leading them. In that particular country, you are leading them. In that particular cabinet meeting, you are leading them. Because you have decided to live a righteous life and avert every iniquity that the Bible speaks about. I'm moving on to the second one. That is perfect holiness. That is perfect holiness. Perfect holiness. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. The Bible says that follow peace with all men and holiness which no man shall see the law. It says follow peace with all men. So without holiness, no man shall see the law. So if you want to see the Lord, you have to live a holy life. You have to live a righteous life. You have to live a holy life. To see God, you have to live a holy life. So men who have seen God, I'm not talking about men who have seen angels. 
by men who have seen God with their naked eye, with their spiritual eye, with their dream eye, with their oracle eye, with their prophetic eye, they are living a life of holiness. They are living a life of holiness. And the third aspect is the fear of God. So these are the three things that will cause you to advance. The first one is to live a righteous life. The second one is holiness. And the third one is the fear of God. The third one is the fear of God. That is Psalm 25 verse 14. Psalm 25 verse 14. The Bible says that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will shield them his covenant. So if you fear the Lord, he will shield you his, his covenant. He will shield you his secrets. That is why I had the access and the, the opportunity, the privilege to see the Trinity. He was able to show me his secrets. He was able to decipher certain codes, explain certain biblical meanings and certain scriptures for me to understand it in my own way. In my own way. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall have the ability to fear God. In this particular man, you shall fear God. You shall fear God. In the mighty name of Jesus. You shall revere anything that you receive to God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. As, as I draw the curtains, I'm going to explain the five major promises of God towards humanity. The five major promises of God towards humanity. The five major promises of God towards humanity. The first one is, I am that I am. I am that I am. That could be taken from Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. One thing that you have to understand is, it is biblically proven that there are a lot of promises. It is biblically proven that there are a lot of promises from God to his people. But I have outlined five of them, five major promises to enlighten you about. The first one is, I am that I am. And that particular one will be taken from Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. The Bible says, and Moses said unto, unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God, and God replied, and he said in the verse 14, he said, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus that shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Which stands to reason that when Moses got to the presence of his brothers, and they were, a question was being asked, that who sent you? He said, I am that I am. That is one of the promises of God to the people of Israel. I'm shifting to the second one. That is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the scripture reference will be taken from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible says, let your conversation be without covetous and be content with, with such things as he have. For he has said, I will, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In the verse 6, the Bible says, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what a man shall do unto me. So that is the second promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is telling you that He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm moving to the third one. That He will strengthen and help you. That a scripture reference can be taken from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. The Bible says, The fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteous. So that is a scripture reference according to what the Lord said. He said, He will strengthen you. 
we will strengthen you. It's a biblical promise for the people of God, for the people of God. And the fourth one, that is, He is your refuge and a fortress. God is your refuge and your fortress. God is your refuge and a fortress. A scripture reference will be taken from Psalm 91, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 91, verse 1 to 2, He said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. So that is what the Lord is telling His people this particular Sunday morning. That He shall be your refuge and your fortress in this particular month. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the last but not the least, is that He will be your guide. He will be your guide. And the scripture reference will be taken from Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32 verse 8. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. This Give us a, a biblical understanding that um, you, you, you got to follow what God will ask you to do. You got to follow what God will ask you to do. In the ancient civilization, he gave them what they, they were supposed to obey and they were supposed to do. And he guided them through his word. He guided them through the word that the holy man actually wrote and gave it to them in the Torah. That is the same way that in our dispensation, what God has guided his people. God is guiding his people in whatever that they do. But I'm, I'm about to sign out. I'm, I pray for you. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. I pray for you. That in the name of Jesus, this particular month, you will manifest the promises of God. This particular month has been declared as the month of the promise. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you shall manifest the promise. That you shall manifest the promise. Anything that has been a blockage, anything that has been a barrier, anything that has been a hindrance, I see it crumpling. I see it falling. I see it breaking. The limitations are breaking. The barriers are falling. The hand of the enemy is withering. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you in the name of Jesus that will re receive that dominion to manifest the promise of God. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The promises of God will not delay. It shall not tarry, but I see it coming. It shall not delay. It shall not tarry, but I see it coming. You shall manifest that promise in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you so much for watching this particular Sunday episode. Have a lovely Sunday. Bye-bye.